Good morning. Where is everybody? That's a good question. Well, I know Bob is, Bob's got a really big paper to write, so that's why Bob's not here this morning. I don't know where everybody else is. <laughs> well, either way, we're all here. That's right. And the first line of this song says, We stand and lift up our hands for there the joy go. of the Lord is our strength. There you go. So let's do the, at least the first line. Let's stand. <laughs> Lifting of your hands is optional. And the second line actually says, we bow down and worship him now. And that's okay, too. If you, if you feel like you need to do that, you can <laughs> bow down and worship as well. But we're going to sing this morning, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down, worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Holy is the Lord God Almighty glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. We stand and lift up our hands. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down Worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing Holy is the Lord God Almighty The earth is filled with His glory Holy is the Lord Great to be in God's house. 
where we can sing and praise him. And this is the song said, we should praise him. We should be reaching out, lifting our hands and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good seeing everybody this morning. As I said previously, we do have a lot of folks. Miss Peggy had to leave a while ago after Sunday school. Uh, a lot of people are out this morning traveling. In fact, you can look at the last week we had 52 in Sunday school. I don't think we have that in here now. Um, but, you know, that's the way God works. We're here and we're going to worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in your house. And I just pray, Lord, that you will just uh, watch over us this morning, lead God and direct us to sing and to, pre- to, to hear and to do what you would have us to, Lord. May your will be done in the hearts of your people today. And may every one of us truly look to you. May your will be done, God, and we praise you. And may all that happens here today be a testimony of our faith, but may it also edify one another, but most of all, glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Walk around a second, give somebody a hug, shake their hand, whatever it may be, let them know it's good to see them in God's house today.
That's good. We had a bunch this morning. Good. I like seeing all these kids. We'll make it a kids' church. Okay, guys, just a few announcements this morning, some of which are, are well, all announcements are important, some more important than others per se. But I want to make sure we can hear them all. So, as we get started here, we got just a few announcements. Uh, let me first say that I have, I have received a lot of comments and, and, uh, and uh, comments uh, from last week's sermon. Uh, praise the Lord if that touched you. That I want you to first of all know that's the Lord. Also, too, if you have friends that are listening or asking you to ask me questions, that's great. However, the, remember, mind folks that go to their scriptures and also, too, to their local pastor i can do some by phone but oftentimes we need to go and see somebody uh, so when you have uh, praise the lord y'all are sending people to me from other states to talk to me that is great that's awesome but what i'm telling them and i want you to kind of affirm that guys is if you have somebody like that them to find a church a local church to go and speak with a pastor as well because sometimes they need that one-on-one that you just can't do through a telephone uh, very important very important now I, and I know somebody, I said that to somebody and they said, well, Skype. Uh, yes, I could do all that, but I don't care to learn how, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, that sounded ugly. I, I, okay, never mind. But anyway, it, it's better if you have a human being, I think, uh, sharing the word with you across there as well. Um, so praise the Lord for that. Also, too, there's a lot of folks panicking uh, saying that because of all this new storm it just hit, with all the storms hitting America, this is the end times. Let me say this. I'm not saying it's not. You know, no man knows. But I would think it's a somewhat self-centered when we think about all the storms hitting America and it's not hitting the rest of the world. Remember, there's a whole lot more world than just North America. And though the storms may be hitting us for this year, um, everything's kind of normal going on. I mean, I know there's earthquakes and there's storms, but don't just jump the boat because we had four hurricanes saying it's the end of the world, guys. Be real careful. Uh, Pray. I'm not saying it's not. However, I would look for more things than four hurricanes uh, coming to the United States. There's a a big world out there beyond the United States, guys. And uh, uh, when God comes, it's the entire world that will hear. When he blows that, that, horn and he cuts the eastern sky i promise beyond any shadow of a doubt it's not just the united states it's going to see or hear that it's going to be worldwide amen so please and and again let's say it is the end times don't panic if you know jesus christ your lord and savior praise god if you don't well yeah panic but get right and you don't have to worry about it amen amen um some of the things we've been talking about, fall festival, we got a list in your bulletin. Some folks didn't realize there's more than just candy. Uh, I, we need lots of candy still. We're way behind on our candy full, 
for the fall festival coming up. However, if God lays it on your heart to bring some of the other things on that list, I know some of that, uh, some, one, one individual I know brought some of those things that are, on the other, that are on that list. But there is a list, excuse me, sorry, in your bulletin there of other things. And then cakewalk donations also. Staff meeting tomorrow night, if you guys can make it to make sure we're all lined out on our fall festival stuff. And then also, too, we have some other important things we need to consider. And that brings us to the last announcement there. And I I mentioned this in Sunday school this morning. I'm going to mention it to you guys now. If you do not come to Thursday night service, you may not know, we have dinner Thursday nights. And then on Sunday morning, we have breakfast prior to Sunday school if you haven't been to Sunday school. Sherry has been doing that for a little over 15 years, cooking the Thursday night dinners and the Sunday morning breakfasts. And there have been people interspersed there that will help here and there. And some, some take a month, some would do a, a night here or there, or some would just come and help her sometimes. But primarily, Sherry has been handling this. After much prayer, uh, Sherry is changing her, she's got a new job. And with this new job, Sherry is not, she is not going to be here to do this any longer. Therefore, the, the question goes out, do we continue to have dinner on Thursdays and do we continue to have breakfast on Sunday mornings? That's going to revolve around, I don't want one person, do, person doing it all again, I don't, don't think, it, that leads to burnout and chases people away. I would rather, if we had some folks step up and say, hey, I want to do uh, breakfast once a month. If we got four families, five or six families, took volunteer, that would be doing just once a month or once every couple months, somebody's doing breakfast on that Sunday or doing Thursday night dinner. Now, I have already, uh, from Sunday school time, have a, some, uh, someone who's going to be doing breakfast one day and another person who wants to do Thursday night dinner uh, once a month. So it's stepping up. Another idea came to me to have Thursday night just be potluck for folks who come and bring a little bit more than that their family would eat. And every Thursday night, we just have a a brown bag potluck type thing. Um, I like that idea also for Thursday nights. I really, I think that's a great idea. That way nobody burns out. Uh, I'm up for ideas, but here's the thing I wanted to make sure to point out. Sherry starts her new job Tuesday. So that makes this coming week. I'll probably cover breakfast, but I'm going to have to get with guys about Thursday night and things of that nature. Or this may be a tradition we may have to let go by the wayside. So be praying about it, thinking about it, understand you see Stormy's not here this morning. Uh, Stormy also is taking a job that is keeping him away from church now on Sundays for a while. Sherry and Stormy both seriously prayed about this. I don't want you to think this was a haphazard choice or decision by either one of these two. But this is some God's uh, leading at this point, And we need to keep them in prayer. But as far as our food ministry here, I would ask you to pray about, is God asking you to step forward and, and say, hey, I want to do breakfast once a month, or hey, I want to do Thursday nights once a month. Uh, let it roll around in your mind a little bit, and we'll see where we're going to take it from there. Okay. Um, oh, cute. I just noticed. Somebody put an, a little arrow sticky right here on my pulpit pointing this way, and it says belly button. But anyway. <laughs> Whichever one of my sound people, Morgan, that did that, Shaking her head no, however, <laughs> that's cute. That was cute. Um, anyway, that, that's enough announcements this morning. Brian, you, you, uh, you got our scripture reading? 
It's, it's fixing the point at your belly button. But just <laughs> That's cute. Whoever did that. Actually, you know, I'd have that's Carla's size belly button to be down there. <laughs> Pretty close. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Father God, I just praise you for this opportunity we have to gather in your house, and I just pray, Lord, that you will just uh, bless my brother, and may we hear your words through him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Sir. Hey, if I stand over here, the sticker's in the wrong place. <laughs> just saying, whoever put it. Okay, um, praise God. Uh, Normally, I, I keep this kind of short, and I do one scripture. I have four scriptures today, but they are in order. So you can start off in Genesis uh, chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 5. Um, it, this kind of came to me because uh, Sunday night was so spirit-filled here. Those ladies, it, it wasn't their music. I actually don't care for that kind of music. But but watching the ladies' spirit was makes you like that kind of music. It was the spirit. And uh, it, it was just really, really precious. And the way everything worked out was really good. It was a, it was a very close worship experience, I'll have to say. Then Monday morning you wake up and hear the news about Las Vegas. And uh, it just, it, it kind of worked on me the way God works everything together in one place and, and then another place it seems like man gets involved and our wicked nature takes over. Um, it's nothing new. Uh, this is God talking to Noah, um, you know, early on talking to Noah. Man had already gone south. Um, Genesis 6, 5 says, When the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every scheme of his mind, uh, his mind thought uh, of nothing, was nothing but evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made man and uh, he was grieved in his heart over this because man had gone to evil we have that uh, we have that tendency and and we tend to do things when we go to evil we might judge people we might tend to uh, say a lie to get ahead either to put someone down or maybe to put ourselves up maybe elevate ourselves by putting someone else down we might uh, we might gossip about somebody we might uh we might uh, use diesel and fertilizer and blow up a building. We might take box cutters and commandeer an airplane and fly it into a building. Or we might take a gun to a crowd. In any case, it's, it's not a problem of the uh, item. It's a problem of our heart, of man's heart. It's a heart issue. Uh, so that's what we need to address, right? And we might think, you know, we're not too bad. Yeah, we might gossip. We might uh, tell a little white lie sometime. Uh, but we don't do those other things. Well, let me uh, talk about Proverbs 6 for, for a second here. Um, uh, Proverbs 6, uh, verse 16 says, The Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are de- detestable to him. I'm going to read these off. Arrogant eyes, 
a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, uh, feet eager to run to evil, or a lying witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. Those seven things. I'm going to read them again. Uh, Arrogant eyes. I think King James says haughty eyes. I kind of like that. Wish Stormy was here. He'd say me I like. He'd hear me say that. (laughs) That does Stormy good. (laughs) He likes the King James. Haughty or arrogant eyes. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. That would cover the, the shooting. Um, mm-hmm. A heart that plots wicked schemes. Feet eager to run to evil. A lying witness who gives false testimony. And one who stirs up trouble among uh, brothers. We're all in there, aren't we? We're all in there. It's a heart issue. It's a heart problem. Um Jesus kind of covered this. He said, you know, it isn't what goes into the body, talking about what we eat, that that defiles us uh, because it doesn't go to the heart. It goes to the stomach. It's what goes to the heart and what comes out of the heart that actually uh, condemns us and and defiles us. Um, Mark uh, chapter 7, verse 20 and this is Jesus talking. He says, "Then he said, what comes out of it's what comes out of a person that defiles him, uh, for from within, from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, promiscuity, uh, stinginess." Blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. So all of these things that uh, was spoken of in Proverbs here was spoken of again in Mark, and that's what defiles us. Um, Our battle is against evil. If we go to Ephesians 6, uh, this is Paul kind of wrapping up his letter to the Ephesians, giving some good, sound advice here. Um, he says what we have to do to fight this uh, evil nature, this uh, this evil desire, and to fight evil everywhere because it makes us a warrior, not only to defend ourselves but to fight off the evil where it might come. Uh, and... We've heard this before, but let's hear it again. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, um, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness. What darkness? The darkness of the devil, the tactics of the devil, it's this darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God. It doesn't say it's why you oughta. It says it's why you must. We have to. It's 
survival. It's not just defense. It is survival for us uh, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand, stand, therefore, with the truth uh, like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, this, this one's maybe my favorite, in every situation, take up the shield of faith, and with it, you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's a pretty good shield. You know, there's, uh, you, you see people with shields, those arrows still get them in the ankles and everything. This says every arrow. God's shield is better. Um, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. And then he goes on and says, Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Intercede for all the saints. Don't just pray for yourself to be strengthened. Pray for your brothers and sisters in the faith that will all be strengthened because it is a battle. It is a battle. And uh, the little worldly battle looks big to us, but there's a spiritual battle going on. Um, there's eternities at stake. There's a lot of people that don't know the Lord that are caught up in the world uh, that think the answer comes from worldly things. It doesn't. It comes from the Spirit, from Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for giving us your peace, God. Thank you for uh, letting us live here where we can come worship you on Sunday, God. And most of all, thank you for being so more than worthy uh, of our worship, God. Um, we just can't worship you enough. And Father, I pray that as we continue in this service, Lord, that we will continue to worship you, God. Uh, bless this praise team. Lord, uh, that, uh, that they will lead us in worship and that our worship will be, uh, will glorify you and will be pleasing to you, God. Bless Brother Frank as he brings us your word, Lord, that it'll be meaningful to us, God, and, and uh, bless every conversation that takes place and just use us in your service. God, bless Stormy and Sherry's new jobs, God. Use them in your service in those jobs, Lord. Put them where they can serve you, God, and use them as an outreach. Father, thank you again for your love. Uh, and forgive us when we do so often fall short. I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, all right. Let's continue in song this morning. Surprise God. We're going to sing to God be the glory. Yeah. You guys would like to stand. Words will be up on the screen. <laughs> to God be the glory, great things he 
light of the world forever rain. I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever My heart will sing No other name Jesus Jesus My heart will sing No other name Jesus God, I just thank you for this music this day, and thank you for who you are, and for letting us understand it is you who forever reigns. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. As you grab your seats this morning, you can be turning to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18. We don't speak out of Deuteronomy that often, but that doesn't make it any less important. And I guess this is a day of lists. Brian brought you a list, and I'm going to do the same. Uh, This is a as I was praying about the message this week, and I was praying about what the Lord was having to pray, uh, teach about, all God's word is spiritual. However, sometimes we just need explanation. And this is the sermon that God laid on my heart this morning. is more of an explanation, I think, uh, to give us understanding, to give us direction as to things that we should do. Now, I'm not saying it's not a spiritual message. I'm just saying that, that this is one of those that I hope we hear, and, and I guess you would say it's a... Uh, utilitarian. It's, it, it's got use. I want us to make sure we understand what we're, what the Word of God's sharing this morning. We're coming in to the time of year that many Americans celebrate what they call Halloween. Now, we all know Halloween. We all have seen it. We've grown up with it. We know the Word. However, this is also the time of the year that many Christians get the courage to 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 speak out against what they deem to be evil practices, to speak out against a lot of the spiritual practices that are going on at this time of year. Actually, they probably go on year-round if done 
if you, if you really look at it. But this time of year, Christians get a little bit more, some Christians anyway, a little bit more unction to get out there and speak. The problem, however, is that oftentimes these same folks will go out and they shoot themselves in the foot, or even worse, say or do things that takes away credibility from, from other Christians, takes away credibility from the Christian faith because they didn't know any better. They went out and, and, and for lack of a better word, this isn't an ugly word, but in the true meaning of the word, they, they are somewhat ignorant of what the Scripture actually says towards these different things, and so they go out half-loaded half or half, only with half-knowledge, and they go out and embarrass themselves and embarrass others and then have, in the process have others turn their hearts against the church. They'll say, well, if you're going to say and do things like that, why would I want to go and be a part of that? They just wanted to do what was right. Now, I'm not uh, condemning. I'm saying that the Bible says, Paul said, to study, to find ourselves approved. And he did that because it's, it, we need to be intelligent about the things we say and do. Now, nobody knows everything. Uh, I'm not trying to say that. But we should continually try to study and if we are going to pass judgment or convict or condemn or speak to a situation, we should have studied up on that situation specifically uh, rather than running on feelings and on hearsay. Because uh, oftentimes we run on feelings and hearsay and we tend to condemn something on spiritual grounds just because it does something that we are convicted of. Or it may have, say, it may have the word magic in the title of a book or or the word ghost in the title of a, a game or something like that. And we immediately prant, uh, uh, jump upon that and say, oh, this is evil, this is, this is horrible, this is, the Bible speaks directly against this. Now, don't get me wrong, I fully understand that our culture is rapidly turning from a Judeo-Christian uh, set of values that, that we once endeared and exchanging it for a lot of pagan ideals. Uh, we, we see it practiced in, in a lot of the witches and the occult, and these pagan ideas are, are manifesting themselves in many areas of American society. I understand that. Goddess worship, the, which is really Wicca, Wiccan, whichever way you want to say it, witchcraft, and other occultic practices are more and more a part of mainstream American society. That is true. It is making a a huge impact. In fact, chaplains today uh, in our prisons are required to facilitate witches and druids and, 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 and warlocks and any, any type of that kind of religion. In fact, Wiccan is a nationally recognized religion. Our soldiers, there are soldiers today in the military that if you look at their dog tags where it says religion, or mine had said Baptist, theirs can say Wiccan. It is an accepted spiritual practice in America today. So I'm I'm not saying it does not exist. Please do not take that this way. But how we understand it and how we interact with it and how we witness to it has something to do with how we understand what it is. And, and I want us to look biblically today. Since it is very evident, to most people anyway, that, that paganism and witchcraft and, and magic, and when I say magic, I'm not talking about magic, the sleight of hand card tricks. I'm saying M-A-G-I-C-K, the, the true, what they believe to be magic. It's seeking out spiritual forces to carry out uh, things that they want done. True, the true uh, meaning, not sleight of hand tricks, but when they're truly seeking out other entities to, to work magics through them. 
Those are things that are growing in popularity. It is, it is direly important that we understand that this is a dark craft. It does exist. And the devil will do and his minions will do whatever he can to infiltrate the church and bring down the world as well. And whatever name we apply to that. But it's very important we understand the biblical perspective. What does God say about this? Uh, and, and, and also, too, and I'm going to touch on this in the sermon as well. God tells us to keep ourselves pure from its seductive influences. Not only should we understand what it is so that we don't go out uh, half-cocked and and, and hurt the Christian cause, hurt the gospel ministry, we should also know that we are not to dabble in it. We're not to play with it. We're not to, to reach into things that are truly of a spiritual character if it's not of God's spiritual character. We need to protect ourselves. We need to watch. We need to understand what these are. There is a whole lot now. As I go into this, there is a whole lot that can be said about the demonic world. However, it's not our aim to to give unclean spirits any any honor or or any fear as far as that goes. I'm, I'm not trying to build up the other side. I guess what I'm trying to say this morning is, that dark arts exist, there are the spirituality that is not of God, it's of the world, it's of the evil one. Those do exist. The scripture my brother shared with you a while ago about putting on the full armor of God is to battle against those spiritual entities. It is real. But I don't need to be afraid of it, nor should I run away from it. If I am in the blood of Christ, if we acknowledge the fact that the blood of Christ binds every unclean thing and can keep us from being enslaved uh, uh, by those evil forces. Any, any Christian cannot be enslaved against his will if he, if he knows Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Understand that. Now, that being said, I don't have to run from it, but I should be educated before I go play it. Before I start going trying to witness to people in the midst of these situations, I need to understand what is of the Lord, what is of Satan, or what is just fluff is it really worth the battle is this really something at all is this something i should even be addressing there is a lot of ignorance amongst christians and again i use that word please don't i hope you don't look at that word as being an ugly word in the true meaning it means you lack the knowledge of a specific subject there's a lot of of people who have not studied these things what the exactly the bible says so they just run on hearsay they run on pastor so-and-so or that this author here or this author there, or oftentimes just because it says this word or that word. So I want us to expose the craft this morning, if you will. I want us to look at a list of things out of Deuteronomy chapter 18. And as we look at this in, in Deuteronomy, I want God to kind of give us understanding what it, what it is. Because oftentimes, well-meaning Christians, and understand again, I'm not talking about just sister so-and-so that everybody says, wow, that woman's way out there, or that guy is way out there. There are well-meaning folks today who use all the wrong terms and use all the wrong philosophies in order to try to go out and, in their minds, combat the spirit of witchcraft. They go out thinking they know all this stuff because they've watched Hollywood movies, and they go out and say things that, that just serves the darkness rather than what they wanted to. Ignorance, guys, only serves to empower the forces of darkness. Because if you go out there half-cocked, half you go out there and, and think you know what you're doing rather than praying about it and studying, God, what would you have me to say? What would you have me to do? And then you're proven or it shows that you can't support your argument, neither biblically or spiritually, 
the dark forces would say, see, why are you listening to any Christian? If that man or that woman's going to bring a case like this that has no biblical backing, why do you want to listen to any of them? Just stay away from them. That's why it's very important. You've heard me say this when you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses or, or Mormonism or whatever it may be. If you are not prayed up and know what you're talking about, just say, can I pray with you and can I get back with you with someone who does know? Can I, get, can I witness to you? Can I bring my pastor back with me? Can I bring sister or brother so-and-so back with me and, and interact? Because I just don't know. There's nothing wrong with that phrase. I don't know. Guys, it's okay to say that. But then prayerfully go back and, and, and educate yourself. God, what would you have me to say in this situation? When we try to shout down a, a show or a game or a book just because we don't like the, the name of it and, and we can't present any real biblical reason to protest and that happens a lot around this fall festival time of the year when we shout these things down without any real argument we hurt the cause of christ more than we help the cause of christ now if god's telling you to go and speak then you need to go and speak but make sure it's the lord telling you to do so because he's not going to send you out half cocked he's going to make sure you have the argument right here before you now we understand as christians we understand that if something is opposed to the cause of Christ, then Satan is behind it. But let me say this. That does not make every false doctrine Satanist. doesn't make it Satanism. You and I can say that if it's not of the Lord, then it must be of the evil one. We know that philosophically. But that doesn't make a person a Satanist. There are those who embrace paganism. There are those who embrace, whether you, whatever name you want to put, you can put Wicca, Wiccan, paganism. There are those who embrace that religion, and Christians go and immediately just start calling them Satanists. But that's not really the case, because most of these pagans don't even believe that there is a devil. They don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in the evil. So when you call them a Satanist, they look at you like, how can you call me a Satanist, someone who worships and acts and follows Satan, when I don't even believe he exists? immediately they've shut you down. Now, you can get in a philosophical circle of Christians say, oh yeah, they're Satanists because they're not following God. But that is not going to help you in your cause if you go out to reach that person. When you call him a Satanist, he's going to think Satan is bad stuff, mean stuff. Well, I'm actually trying to do good things. I am trying to tap the spirit of the world and bring good things to be. Now, you and I know that's not what he's really doing. You and I know that that doesn't work that way. But in his mind, it is. And when you go and you call him a Satanist, in other words, you're going in his mind saying you are evil, ugly, and, and, and everything you do is bad. Is he going to listen to what you have to say? No. How can they be a Satanist if they do not even believe he exists? It, he, he can't. He's not. He's not a Satanist. Therefore, every time a Christian calls them Satanists, they look down on that person and anything else they have to say with disdain. Or, and even worse is when other Christians come around who may understand it more, may even be someone who practiced pagan religion at one time and, and God saved them and brought them out of the religion and brought them out of that spiritual darkness and put them into the spiritual light. Unfortunately, because somebody's already paved the way uh, uh, with, with, with half-hearted statements, their heart's hardened and they won't even listen anymore. That's why it's direly important, guys, before we just throw out proclamations, before we just start condemning people at this time of year, before we just start casting judgments, stop and think. Because pagans defend their craft, not all, but many. In fact, we were just talking about somebody just this past week. It's kind of humorous to me because I know 
beyond a shadow of a doubt. She knows nothing about Wiccan, but she claims to be one. But she wants to, you know, she's trying to go goth and dark and talk about how she's a witch and and all these different things. But many witches out there don't go that route. Many of those who practice paganism, practice Wiccan, they are actually saying, I am tapping Mother Earth, the Earth Goddess, to try to make things better. I practice white magic. I practice the magic of the light. And they'll use these phrases and terminology. Now, you and I know that that is not of God, but they don't. You and I know that that is not a godly thing. But we don't want to go up and call them Satanists. We need to go up and explain to them where the spirits come from. Where, what is these kind of spirits? What are you doing right here? Because if you go and you call them Satanists, they're just going to blow you off, and they're going to move right on down thinking, okay, that's another one of those agendas. They don't really care about me. They just want their words at me. So it's very important, guys, that we understand what God says. So this morning... God lists the crafts and the magics that he hates here in Deuteronomy. And he lists them so that we can look and no longer be confused as to what they are. I want us to look at this list, and I'm going to, to the best of my ability anyway, break it down. Because Moses was very specific with the instructions about paganism. And he was very specific so that you and I can see what it is, what it means. And that way, when we go out into the world, two things One, we can address the ones who really need to be addressed and not just go out there and try to scattershot everything. And two, we can also see it and keep ourselves pure and clean from it as well. That we can go out there and keep a buffer zone. Oh, everybody's doing it. Yeah, you know what? But that fits into the the list that I find in Deuteronomy 18. I, I don't want to touch on that. I don't want to take that chance. So in Deuteronomy 18... Starting at verse 9. Notice what it says here. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one amongst you is to make his son or daughter pass through the fire. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or familiar spirit, or inquire of the dead. There is the list. Now the first thing on the list there. And this is what we're going to, I'm just going to break that list down one by one. The first thing on the list there is that it's baby sacrifice. Now, we are real quick. In fact, in the 70s and 80s, so many people were wrongly imprisoned because people just went and said, oh, yeah, they they sacrificed babies in their offerings. They sacrificed babies underground or they sacrificed babies in this back room. And people literally went to prison because there was this horrible... uh, uh, fear amongst people that Satanism was running rampant. Well, all that did was feed the counterculture to bring up more Satanism and more Satan stuff to bring out there because it made the older people angry. When it finally was proven that things didn't happen, well, it's kind of late. People have already been in jail for a while. People's lives have been ruined. But that doesn't mean that baby sacrifice doesn't happen. Baby sacrifice, in the day uh, uh, that this was written, Moloch, Molech, excuse me, was a Canaanite god. And what he said, or excuse me, what the teachings of this god supposedly said was that you could get, he promised riches and and prosperity in exchange for the lives of children. So if you was to bring your children, and many Canaanites would come and sacrifice their children in the hope of wealth. That was what the god, the Canaanite god Molech taught. 
And if I want wealth, if I want prestige, if I want to, to be able to be prosperous, then it's, I just need to sacrifice a child. Now you would say, but that doesn't happen today. Most of the time it doesn't. And that's what I'm saying. Don't just jump on any bandwagon, but pray about it. But I would submit here that we need to think, as horrible as it may seem, I would submit to you that in America, even now in the 21st century, oftentimes abortion fits that same wicked practice. Because people are, are murdering their children in the, in the pursuit of wealth and happiness. They'll, they, they'll, if I, you know, this, this child's just inconvenient right now. It's going to interrupt my career. When people decide that after they've already decided to do what creates a life, that's when the decision should have been made. But when they've already decided to do what, ha- what creates a life, then that life becomes inconvenient through their pursuit of wealth and prosperity. They go and have the abortion. I don't see much difference there. It's still done in the name of wealth and prosperity, and that is something that I believe as Christians we can speak out to. Now, am I going to go and say that every Wiccan is out there sacrificing babies? Absolutely not. That is not something I'm going to speak to. Unless I physically see them do that with my own eyes, that is not something I will speak to. But I will speak to the sacrificing of babies in the name of wealth and prosperity as far as abortion, things of that nature. That I have biblical backing for, I believe. The next one, divination. That is the the practice of using omens or magic powers to foretell the future. Now, here's the thing. Here's the rub on this one. It's not the tarot cards that, that makes a person evil. It's not the tea leaves. I drink tea on a daily basis that makes a person evil. It's not runes. It's not crystals. It's not divining rods that makes a person evil or doing things of evil origin. It's when a person sits down and is actively pursuing the fortune telling. When a person sits down and says, I'm calling on spiritual forces outside my realm to show me through tea leaves, through the the tarot cards. So when I am trying to reach these spiritual forces to tell the future, now that person actually has crossed the line. The person who is truly understanding, they're not seeking God, they're seeking the spirits that are not of God to foretell the future. Then they are trying to summon up evil spirits to to relay to them what's going to happen in the future, now that's evil. That's wrong. And we should be attentive to that. We should stop and and pray for the Lord to give us what to say into that situation, if we know somebody like that, what to say into that person who says, I am a a psychic healer, a psychic reader, because I can speak to the spirits around me and, and bring these things out through tarot cards. I can bring it out through tea leaves. Now, that being said, just because someone is reading a book on ancient ruins, runes does not mean that they have turned to the dark side, guys. If they are trying to educate themselves on the runes, we should study to find ourselves approved. We should look into what do these other people believe so I can go in and speak to that. I should study so I can see where we've come from. You know, the runes in Ireland of, of, of both the, the Nordics, the, the Vikings that came, and even the the Gaelics that were there, they're incredibly intricate. And there's a lot of study that goes into those. Does that mean all those professors and, and, and students that are studying that are all evil? Absolutely not. Just because they're reading a novel that has runes in it or someone who read tea leaves or someone who read tarot cards in it, does that make them evil? No. 
oh, but I saw Sister So-and-so reading a book, and it had a person, one of the characters in it, had tarot cards. And the person we need to worry about is that person who says, I can foretell the future. And I do it through these implements. That's the person who's speaking to realms that we need to talk about. That's the person who is stepping beyond what God has, has, has allowed them to do and says right here, this is something we need to be careful with. Do not be a part of that. Just because it's in a fictional novel, just because some student is studying it, does not make it wrong, guys. But if you know that person that truly believes in their tarot cards, yes, pray for them. Speak to them. Study about it. Pray about it. How can you reach in there to them? It says the, the, the observer of the times, the ones who tells the fortunes, and, and, and when you break this word down in, in the actual uh, original language, this comes back to studying the stars, the ones who are trying to foretell the future by the alignment of the stars. Today, we know that as astrology. I would be, I might warn those who like to read their horoscope as a joke to be careful. You know, I would, might warn somebody who likes to read their horoscope every day that, no, I'm not going to say they're going to burn in the devil's hell, but I'm going to tell them they're maybe t- patting the head of a dog that might bite them. They better, uh, you know, I might warn them against that. I may say, you know, I don't think you ought to be playing with that, that they're walking close to something that God dislikes, but I'm not going to tell them they're going to burn in a devil's hell for reading their horoscope. But what I will say is those who truly believe it, those who truly study the alignment of the stars and say, well, because the stars are saying this, I'm seeking out the powers that's going to give me the interpretation of this. And I believe that my horoscope lays out for me exactly what's going to be going on. When I base my future on the alignment of the stars, the observing of the stars, that's a person that's seeking outside God, and that's a person we need to speak to. Just because somebody jokingly says, yeah, I'm a cancer, so that means I'm, I don't know any." of the stuff that goes with astrology, to be honest with you. I know I'm a cancer. That's all I know. I'm a crab. I can be crabby. You know, that goes with it. That doesn't condemn me to hell. But when I start, can't wait to get my horoscope because I know my day is going to revolve around that horoscope, Satan's hooked you. And that person who's putting it together and believing that the stars have aligned this horoscope for you or them or whomever, Satan has hooked them, and we need to speak to that. Now, it goes on and says those who practice sorcery or an enchanter, I think the King James says, this is someone who casts spells. Now, you may say, well, that was the witch. No, a lot of witches don't. A lot of witches don't cast spells, believe it or not. A lot of those who claim to be witches just call on the goddess and pray to the goddess like we pray to God. But this one here is the one who believes that they can put out incantations, that they are not just making believe that they are a witch on Halloween, wearing a a pointy hat and a warty nose, but someone who believes that they can ask the spirit realm around them to do their beck and call, that if they do the, the rituals correctly, and if they do the rituals in the right order, if they do the things the way they were taught to do and the spirits align themselves with it, that other things can happen to other people. They can change the weather. They can change the events around other people. They can change and Sometimes there are those who believe they can bring death and harm to others. Them people who are truly practicing those kinds of incantations, they are somebody we need to speak to. Someone who is actively believing they're calling on supernatural forces to do their bidding, that's something we need to speak to. 
somebody who's just putting on a, a witch's costume for Halloween, you might tell them, you know, I, I don't know if that's real cool, but am I going to tell them they're going to burn in a devil's hell? No. If some little kid comes up and he's dressed like a vampire, am I going to tell his mama, your child's going to burn in hell? No. Because they're not meaning it that way. They don't believe in that in actuality. Hollywood's got them or something. I might warn them, you know, let's, let's be careful what direction we're going with this or that. But if you know that person who's truly believing they're putting the incantations, that's the one you've got to witness to. That's the one you need to take the word of God to. That's the one you need to pray about. Lord, what would you have me to say? Where would you have me to go? And that goes on with the next one in the list, the casting of spells as a witch. This is someone who has a compact with the devil, compact with the, the evil one, compact with the spiritual realm, if you will, and saying, here I am. I, I, I have this pact with you, and I want to go out, and I want you to change the world because I have this pact with you. Change the things around me. That's a real witch. Somebody who is acting in a play, don't tell them they have to quit their play and, and, and everything or they're going to burn in hell. That, that's not what God's saying here. God's saying that one who believes in it, that one who's actively pursuing those dark forces. That's who we go after. That's who we should be addressing. That's who we should be praying for. That's who we should be lifting up before God. The, the, the woman who believes in her claims or the, the man, the warlock, that believes in his claims, the Druids. Now, let me, you know, let me touch base here real quick, too. A lot of times when somebody claims to be a Druid, and, and maybe some of y'all don't even know what it, have never even heard of the word of a Druid. Those who claim to be Druids, really, they are probably not Christians, but most of Druidism is botany. It's understanding trees and, and medicinal values and, and being able to work with the, the, the forest and bring things together. Now, if they believe that there's a spirit in those things and they call upon those spirits to enact healing, now they've gone too far. But understand that everyone who says they're a druid, I would counsel them about their term. I would counsel them that's not a good name to use unless you really believe there's spirits in these trees that are helping you pull this off. But some, there are those out there who are Christians, and this is what I was getting to earlier, that we should put up, we need to stay pure of these things. There are those who believe themselves to be Christians following Christ, but because they're also or used to be Druids, use their knowledge of Druidism to bring care to other people. Bring the knowledge thereof, wonderful. Acknowledge though that that knowledge comes from Christ, or we have a problem. Is this making sense? So you've got to be careful of these things, not the ones who are just playing that part. You know, I, um, I think, I can't remember the series of books. I don't remember if it was Aragorn and Tolkien's books or if it was in the Sword of the Shannara series. But one of the main characters of the book is a druid. Does that mean that everyone who read that book is now going to burn in hell? No. No. And the guy in the book, um, he was a soldier more than anything else. I'm not going to condemn the person who read the book. But the person who believes he's that druid, that's the one I will talk to. Now, moving on. It says a medium. Now, when it talks about a medium here or a consulter with familiar spirits, what does that mean? That means that that person who believes they have a spirit guide, they believe that grandma has come back and or, or uncle, 
great-great-grandpa or there's a, a soldier in Vicksburg or whatever it may be. They have a familiar spirit. There is a spirit guide who is guiding them through life. That person I need to speak to. I need to let them know and let them understand that that spirit cannot be conversed with in reality unless it's of an evil realm. Guys, I'm going to touch, step on toes here. I understand and I know and I'm ready for your comments and conversation after the service today. The Bible says it is appointed on the man once to die and then to face the judgment. Therefore, that means that my ghost cannot come back and speak to you. It cannot come back and converse with you. All these ghost shows you have on TV, there's a reason why they never actually put anything forward that's real truth, that they can't show you there really was a ghost. Because they're not any. Now, what I will say is that evil spirits can make themselves look like grandma. You know, the minions of the devil can make themselves look like long-lost grandpa or the soldier at Vicksburg or something of that nature, and they can lead you astray. And if you are following that familiar spirit, I'm going to tell you that familiar spirit is not whom you think it is. And I will reach and try to pray with you and talk to you about that because you're playing in a spiritual realm that you don't want to be a part of. You say, but you don't understand, it's my grandma. She's leading me through life. That's not your grandmother. Biblically, I can say that that is not your grandmother. Now, who is it? Don't know. But if she's implying that she is your grandmother and she's not, we need to stop and think about this just a little bit. That's the person we need to speak to. Now, the person that likes to watch ghost movies, are they going to burn in hell? No. Well, I shouldn't say that. If they don't know Christ, they are. It's those who truly believe in that guiding spirit, that familiar spirit. And he goes on from there, and he, he talks um, after that one, uh, the medium, the one who is, is talking. Well, a medium is the familiar spirit that talks to the spirit guides. He goes on there. What is after that one? Cast bells, consult medium of familiar spirit. Oh, well, inquires of the dead. Inquiring of the dead. Now, what is this one? This, again, is like ghosts, but this is the necromancers. These are those, the familiar spirit, the medium that speaks to the familiar spirit is supposedly going to find grandma, that one spirit that you can talk to, that one that wants to interact with you. The necromancer, the one that talks to the dead, he's the one who says, I can see all the ghosts. I speak to all the ghosts. There's a show on TV, um, or used to be, I can't remember her name now, but some Hollywood medium that would go and take Hollywood actresses and actors and, and find their ghost, and she would walk into the building and say, oh, I feel everyone who's died here before. Well, I hope you're acting, because if you're not acting, that's not ghosts you're feeling, honey. And you got serious company issues. When we know somebody that says they hear voices, they need help. We need to pray for them. We need to speak to them. When, one, it could be psychological. Two, it could be from a realm that's not of God. It is not our voices that they are hearing. It is not good voices. They may say, well, but this is a good spirit. Hmm. Be real careful. Now, I understand there is a godly realm. There is the angels of the Lord, and he can speak to us. But we need to understand it's not ghosts. And if we're going to say we're talking to the dead, we're wrong. We're either talking to a godly realm or an evil realm. It's a spiritual realm, not the ghost of our long-lost loved ones. Point out a man wants to die and then to face the judgment. Now, the argument that you could counter that with, and I won't, I won't speak to it 
a lot right now is in Samuel, uh, when Saul calls up Samuel and speaks to Samuel about the ghost that comes up. However, I do not believe that that is a ghost like everyone thinks of that as a ghost and or. Remember, God can do what he so chooses with whom he so chooses. Uh, I believe it was the spirit of Samuel. Uh, When you look at the actual word that's used there in a translational era, it could be ghost or it could be spirit. Just like we, some people say Holy Ghost, some people say Holy Spirit. Uh, Either way, that was a God thing. God called that up and we have one specific reference there. But in general, we know that it's a point on man wants to die and then to face the judgment. These are the things God hates. Now going on in verse 12, notice what he says. Everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable things. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. So Frank, you've been wrong on all this stuff. So I I, I think uh, since you're, you know, I want to touch on all these things. Okay. As a Christian, don't take what Frank has to say. What did it say right there? Uh, Though these nations you're about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. As Christians, we're not to play in this, guys. We're not to dabble in this. Those who knowingly are worshiping the goddess are going to, to be condemned if they do not repent. There are great people. There are really good people in the world, if you will. I mean, the Bible says there's none that are good. I don't mean perfect. But there's some really good people on our ideology of good that God will see as loathsome, detestable, repulsive, because they don't, he doesn't see Christ. They chose not to follow Christ. They chose to continue to follow the diviners. They continue to choose to say that they speak to the ghosts. They choose to stay in the spiritual realm that's not of God. This is why God allowed the Jews to drive the people out of those, those lands. Now, we can't be perfect. I understand that. But to the best of our ability, we are to do what God's called us to do. And then understand, once you've accepted Christ, you are in the blood of Christ, which is perfect. The blood of Christ is perfect. And we need to stop and, and realize that I'm either in Christ or I'm not. I'm either going to listen to Christ or I'm not. I am going to take the message of Christ where it needs to go or not. We can't be perfect, but we can be godly. God tolerated this behavior amongst the unsaved heathens because they didn't know any better. But he says, my children need to be clean of these abominations. Don't play in it. Don't play in it. If you are in the midst of something and you feel as though that this is going too far, you know, I have friends who play a game called Dungeons and Dragons and other types of games in that era. You know, and it can be just a game. But if you feel you're in the midst of a game where someone within that game is taking it too far, there's someone who truly believes they're bringing in the spiritual realm, I would say you need to stop and say, you know what, I don't want to play this one. I'm going to extricate myself from this game because you think you're really calling in the spiritual world. You really are calling in forces that I don't want any part of. I want to stay pure. I want to stay clean. And I want to back away from this. Because my God said I am not to be a part of those things. This Halloween, this season, the Fall Fest season, we need to call a spade a spade. If we know somebody is practicing witchcraft, actually practicing it, we need to go speak to that person. If we know that a person 
is actively claiming to be a medium and speaking to the dead, a necromancer speaking to the dead, we need to go speak to that person. If we know someone who claims to be a druid and is actively believing that the spirits of the trees and the things around them are speaking to them, we need to go talk to that person. But we need to be also just as careful not to call a heart something that it's not. Because when we do that, that heart may be lost forever. When we start condemning, convicting, and throwing out and beating people over the head because little Johnny wore a witch's suit, you better be careful. We need to address paganism. We need to address it in the world. But we need to do so wisely. As Christians, we need to pray before we speak. We need to pray before we act. When we start seeing Satan under every bush and behind every book cover, we become a laughing stock. No one's going to take us seriously, and we've empowered the evil one at that point. So this, this season, uh, I'm not telling you to go home and, 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 and all of a sudden start putting skeletons all in your yard. No. What I'm saying is don't condemn the neighbor who has skeletons in his yard because he may just not know any better. Go over and talk to him about what the Word of God says. You don't even have to bring up Halloween. Just mention to him, you know what the Bible says about God, Jesus? He, you know, God loves you. You don't even have to bring up the fact that he has skeletons in a front yard or a, a witch on his front door or a zombie blow-up thingy out in his yard. I just, I had to go to Walmart, uh, H-E-B last night to get stuff for breakfast this morning. And in the, in the poor part of this community, there's this one little house. They must have spent a buku money. Because they got zombies and witches and skeletons. Now just caught my attention. Am I going to go and say, man, y'all, y'all must be haunted in this house? No. If I ever do, I, I, they, well, they speak. They, I, they, I doubt if I'll go there. They don't speak English there. But am I going to condemn them? No, I'm going to share the gospel if I was to go. Guys, this morning, let's use our heads. This season, let's use our heads and pray for the Holy Spirit to give us utterance. Pray for the Holy Spirit to give us a, a, attention. Don't call somebody a Satanist just because they, they may tell you they believe in elves. Okay, well, let's talk about elves. Where, why do you believe in elves? Let's talk about elves. Don't just call them a Satanist. Share the gospel. Do so in love. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may, may, may call you to go out and fight. But other times the Holy Spirit's going to say, go out and educate. Go out and share with them. But maybe they shouldn't be patting that dog on the head. There's a whole lot of Christians that believe in their horoscope for some reason. Am I going to say they're going to burn in hell? No, but I'm going to tell them they better be real careful. Because you should trust Christ a whole lot more than you trust some guy editor at San Antonio Express News. That you should trust Christ rather than what you think the stars might be saying to you. Let's stop, and rather than condemning some things, relax. Sometimes God's going to tell you, relax, smile, and enjoy the smiles on the kids' faces as you're sharing that adventure book with them. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. In fact, it's kind of neat because my oldest son still does this. But my kids, I used to, I, I don't know who all is familiar with the, the Narnian Chronicles, with the, advent, the uh, adventures of Narnia and such. 
But we, I used to read that to my kids as they were growing up. And I, all, I would reread it. And then I would reread it again. And we read the Narnian Chronicles since they were little. And, and then I quit once they all get grown and move away and things. But it's been a couple of years now. But I was at, at my oldest son's house. And I was there. And the kids had their own nice version. And I was talking to the kids. Daddy reads this to us all the time. Now, if you've never read the Narnian Chronicles, there's witches. There's magic. There's all kinds of stuff in there. But it's written by a godly man, C.S. Lewis, with a godly intention. I had folks tell me way back when I was reading it to my kids that that was an evil book. And I just couldn't imagine why they would say that. And oftentimes, they've never even read it. But because there was a white witch, which she wasn't, she made everything frozen, like our movie probably. But anyway, I just put those two together in my head. But because she was cold and froze everything, she was a witch, and you shouldn't read that to your kids. Anyone who reads the book would know that Aslan, the lion, is God. And God wins and sacrifices himself to do so. If you read the book, you wouldn't condemn it. But if you just condemned it because there's a witch in it, who looks like the fool at that point? Be careful, guys. Use your heads. Pray about it. God, what would you have me to fight? What would you have me to educate? Lord, where would you have me to go? Now, you can't pray about it if you don't know Christ. If you don't know Christ, well, yeah, you're going to fall for every haunted house. You're going to fall for every ghost story. You're going to, you know, I like a ghost story around the fire like anybody else. But you know the difference? I know it's just a story. But there are those who believe them. And we need to stop and pray about that. But not condemn. So think about that. If you don't know Christ, you're going to get sucked into things you might not want to be a part of. But if you do know Christ, lift up those who don't and reach in, not with a condemning sword, but with the word of God and the love of God. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's your real spirit guide. You want your familiar? You want the one who's going to guide you through life? You don't need grandma. Praise God, she might be a wonderful woman, godly woman. You need Jesus. You want the true spiritual guide in your life? Then accept Jesus. And he may tell you to turn away from some books. He may tell you to walk away from some games. He may tell you not to watch some movies. I, people tell me I'm just scared. That's why I don't like to go and watch possession type movies. No, I believe that's too close to the truth for me. I don't like to play that game. So I just stay away from them. That's my conviction. It may not be yours. But pray, God, what would you have me to do? And then do what the Lord says and not just your feelings. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can change that today. You can, you can accept Christ and move on. He said, whomsoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. You can choose life in Christ right now. But it's your choice. You can walk this aisle and say, well, that wasn't really an evangelistic message. I better wait till next week. If God's drawing you now, now's the time to accept him. Right where you sit. If you're here this morning and you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, praise God. Look up, thank the Lord that you can walk out of here knowing that the evil one, he cannot take you. He cannot wrap you and, 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 and imprison you and, and possess you, as Hollywood says. 
or you'd have to knock out the strong man, which is Jesus Christ. And I don't think there's any entity that can knock out Jesus Christ. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave and won that battle. So where are you this morning? Is God speaking to you? Maybe you're one of those people that's been condemning, or maybe you're one of those people that's being sucked into the ghost stories and the possession stories. Now, possession is real if you don't know Christ. But you're being sucked into other things. Turn it over to the Lord this morning. Turn it over to Christ. As we, as we stand this morning, I want to pray with us. And I pray we leave out of here with a, with a, a little more educated, a little more wherewithal about us, what to go out and condemn and convict and what not to. The good thing, you know what the right practice would be? Purpose in your heart to share the love and gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you go. And God's word will not return void. And if that's in the midst of a dark spiritual situation, isn't it great that you bring out the light of Christ and didn't hide it under a bushel? Rather than beat them on the head, let the light of Christ expose darkness. Because there is no shadow in light. Uh, Stormy sent me a picture a few weeks back, maybe a couple months ago, I don't remember. And he had said, I never noticed this, and I hadn't either. It's a picture of a match. And the man's holding him a match. And you see the shadow of the match on the wall, but the fire that was burning on top doesn't make a shadow. There was no shadow there. In the light of Christ, there is no shadows. So why not share that light? As we pray, Father God, I just come before you right now. And I just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will help us to understand what it is that you would have us to understand. That we will look up. And, and, and go forth and, and preach righteousness and proclaim righteousness where we need to, but also walk with grace and mercy and love as we do so. God, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people. And if there's someone here today that does not know you, I pray that they will come down and accept you before it's too late. And God, may we take Deuteronomy 18 here and understand what paganism is and what you hate and go out and speak to that and inform others and educate others as to what that is. And may we give you glory as we do so. Father, may your will be done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, guys, I know this isn't the typical kind of message, but if God's speaking to you, this altar is open. I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you're just soaking it in. Maybe you, you were... You've been taken in by many of these things. I'd love to talk to you. Maybe you believe in the psychics down the highway. And you go and you have your fortune told. I always wonder if they're psychic, why don't they tell what's going to happen to them later and go ahead and jump to the money rather than charging you now. But, you know, that's, I guess the spirits don't work with them that way. Think before you act, guys, as we sing.